it actually starts with a, with a problem that a lot of people have, and that's once you go vegan or once you decide to cook more vegan food, you're basically facing a challenge because uh, most of the recipes that you used to or that you uh, grew up to believe that they eat meat, they all kind of fall away. And now you're there and you want to have this new diet, but you don't know how to cook things that are um, delicious. You don't know how to replace meats, for instance, um, or to cook meals entirely without meat and not have boring meals. That's sort of the, the main problem that stands there. Welcome to the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. What is good, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Vegan Manly Man Podcast. I am your host, as always, Jake Singer, and this is the show where we talk about self-growth, plant-based living, and sharing the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings. Thank you guys for being here yet again. If you are a returning listener, if it is your first time, thanks for joining us here. Hopefully you enjoy the show. If you do and you're an Apple user, you can leave me a review right in the show notes. Just go to the link that says leave a review here. Hit that five star. Give me a brief little description about what you thought. Helps me out a ton. It also helps out the show to get more exposure, which in turn helps share the message of love, compassion, and peace for all beings as far as it possibly can go. So thank you so much if you guys have done that already or if you plan to do it. Uh, That's pretty much it for housekeeping. Uh, I'm going to get right into the episode today. On today's show, I have Lucas and Samuel, twins from Germany who have started an online cooking school with a twist. Instead of teaching people how to cook, they have brought in some of the best vegan chefs from around the world and let their expertise shine through to not only teach you how it's done, but also why it's done. From raw food to sushi, chocolate making to Italian, the V-Coco twins have made an amazing platform to teach you the culinary essentials to cooking vegan. Today, they shared their journey as well as some insights into vegan cooking 101. Enjoy the interview with Lucas and Samuel from VCoco, and I will see you guys on the other side. Lucas and Samuel from VCoco, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here, guys. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having us. We're yeah, doing thanks. great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. You guys are tuning in, well, I guess tuning in, coming on the show all the way from Germany. So uh, it's always so cool to connect with people who are just like across the world. It's it's really awesome. Yeah, thank you for having us today. I think uh, your listeners might notice a slight German accent when we talk. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I like it. it. It's you know, variety is the spice of life. So we can't can't always just be having the you know, American or whatever accent. Actually, I've had a, I've had a decent amount of people on this show who have had accents. So we've got a little, a little flair of uh, Australian uh, people from the UK. Now we got German. So it's been good. It's been good so far. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking before we started here uh, about me coming to visit Germany at some point. And you guys are just talking about where you guys are at and how beautiful it is. And you're talking about wine and i'm just like my mind is still baffled that like there's a wine region in germany because all you ever hear about germany is beer 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 so the fact that you guys are are making some wine over there I'm, i might have to look into this now I've, I've never heard of actually like a german wine like especially in the states when you go to buy wine nobody says oh this is a nice german <laughs> wine here <laughs> it's like australia california italy so yeah i thought that was cool yeah, you really have to uh, check it out. If you ever come to Germany, it's definitely a touristy region. It's called the Mo- the Mosel region. It's a river in the west of Germany. And um, 
as I told you earlier, there's like wine yards around the river. And, and the, the first vegan hotel in Germany, also the biggest one. Oh, yeah. It's right around oh, the wow. corner. Wow. That's super cool. Well, Germany is supposed to be a very vegan friendly place, um, or oh, especially like in, in Berlin, I've always heard is amazingly vegan friendly. Um, have you guys experienced that? Do you think Germany overall as a country is pretty vegan friendly? I, I would say so, yes, uh, especially in the bigger cities. And what you also notice nowadays, which is pretty cool, is that all of the supermarkets are catching up and that um, in pretty much all of the stores you get plant-based milk. Now the whole uh, meat alternative uh, thing is getting big and you find, uh, you know, vegan schnitzel and the, those sort of things, even the supermarkets. And then when it comes to restaurants... That really depends a little bit on where you are, but especially in the bigger cities, Berlin is the best example. There's like, I don't know, but I'd say hundreds of restaurants maybe. Mm. Yeah, it's a lot. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of how it is in the States too. I mean, I went vegan seven years ago. Um, I had products in the grocery store, but in the last seven years, it's just grown and grown and grown. And now you go to any big city, you can find a vegan restaurant, you can find tons of vegan products in the store. So it's certainly come a long way. And we're, we're going to get into your vegan story here shortly. But first, I want to ask a big question. I ask this for all of my guests that come on the show. What is your mission statement for life? What do you guys want to achieve here while you're on earth? That's a pretty uh, pretty big question, and I think uh, <laughs> each of us maybe can answer by uh, for himself. So if I'd start, I'd just say, you know, also one of the reasons why I became vegan and one of the things that, you know, still keeps me going vegan is the whole idea of doing something good for the planet that we live in. Uh, that's also the reason why we started Vicoco, because we wanted to spend our time doing something we know that has a good impact on, on the world. And I guess um, that's something probably also that comes to a, like a life mission statement, I'd say is to enable people to, you know, live live happier and healthier lives. Which maybe it sounds a little cheesy, but that's probably where it's, uh, where it's coming to, yeah. Yeah. It's not, honestly, it's not cheesy at all. Everyone who comes on the show, more or less, it boils down to the same thing, no matter how you word it. It's about, it's about helping people. And, you know, it's, they say like, uh, cliches are, are cheesy because they're true. So, I mean, there's nothing better than, than wanting to help people in this world. So, yeah. And maybe Lucas has a different angle and you can, uh, for me, it's the exact opposite. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, awesome. twin, we're twin brothers, so it's, um, it's, pretty similar I would say and um, yeah definitely to help the world or help other people in some way it's uh, it's very rewarding right now also when we with the courses we have when we get messages from people who uh, like also with our YouTube channel when, when we get messages from people who love the recipes they made it for their family and then that's really rewarding and then I don't know like in terms of uh, maybe a little bit more of a selfish uh, part of the mission statement it's also to live a life that's not uh that's not boring so there's that there should be a lot of um yeah like you said in the beginning a lot of change a lot of variety and constant mm. improvement in pretty much all areas in the gym fitness uh, uh health wealth anything yeah i like that um do good and have fun right exactly. yeah. <laughs> you can pretty much put it like that <laughs> 
So, you, so you guys are twins. I gotta ask: is there is that thing about like having that twin connection? Is that real? Do you guys find yourself having like the same thoughts or saying the same things or like not being near each other but like being able to like communicate? Uh, well, interestingly enough, I think one of the best examples would be when we became vegan. We were living in different cities in Germany, and we I don't th I think maybe we talked on the phone like every couple of weeks or something like this. Um, and we decided without talking to each other to become vegan around, pretty much around the same time. So I guess that could wow. be one good example of the sort of okay. like the twin connection. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that. Let's let's hear your vegan stories. Uh, you guys decidedly <laughs> went vegan at the same time. How did that happen? Yeah, that's actually as Lucas said at that time. That was around a little more than two years ago. We didn't live in the same cities. Um, we were working in different companies at the time. And we both always had a background uh, that we, you know, saw fitness as our hobby. So we always were concerned uh, with nutrition and eating healthy. And I think we both tried all of the different things. Uh, I've been vegetarian before I went vegan for a while. I've tried the whole keto thing for a while, uh, years back. And, um, you know, it always for me, it always felt like searching for something. Um, and somehow, I cannot even say why, but at some point there was this uh, moment where I realized, well, the only way to actually eat and, uh, you know, live life is to go vegan. And from that moment on, it made sense to me from health perspective, from the environment perspective, uh, of course, the animal perspective. And yeah, around that same time, funnily enough, Lucas also then decided to become vegan. Just like before even talking to you, like he, like you came to him and then he came to you and you were both just like, Hey, I want to go vegan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sort of like that. Is that more or less how it happened? Uh, you know, so, so it's not like one of you convinced the other, you both were decided that you were going to do this. Yeah. It happened, um, simultaneously without speaking to each other pretty much. Yeah. We both came to the same wow. conclusion. That's pretty crazy guys. And, and you talk about health being a big, uh, motivating factor. Have you both seen the Game Changers yet? Uh, I have. Lucas hasn't yet, uh, but I've told him to watch it. I've read hundreds of posts about it on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you have. Yeah. Well, you have two um, two German bodybuilders who are represented in the film. Yeah, actually, uh, they, they were some of our biggest since, like, uh, one of them, Patrick, and the other, Misha. Uh, actually, I, I've been following Patrick on YouTube since, the, since his very first video, somewhere like eight years ago. Um, yeah. And back then I was totally... Uh, like like he was probably one of the first influences where you could see that people can gain muscle on a vegan diet um and mm. he's he's an awesome guy very very uh, uh yeah great content on uh, youtube as well but yeah you've seen the you've seen the movie i haven't seen it yeah i think it's pretty it's, it's pretty great movie you've probably seen it as well right yeah of course of course yeah and yeah i went i went to the premiere when it came out and uh I'm I'm pretty big into into fitness as well, and that's kind of how I started. I started into the vegan lifestyle as a for selfish reasons, more or less, of just mm -hmm. uh, gaining my health, you know, to the best ability that I could. Mm -hmm. um, and then, obviously, you know, I I opened myself up to the the ethical side and the environmental side. But health is a, is still a big thing for me, and and I think uh, especially in this lifestyle, it's important to be healthy and and represent what we're trying to do here in the best way possible and to be the healthiest version of you so that you can be 
I call it more or less a walking billboard yep. for people to see how the vegan lifestyle is is beneficial. So uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah, we we always we always talk about that just uh, about that point because that's I think one of the big misconceptions that people have about uh, living vegan, especially for men, is that well once you go vegan you become skinny and you cannot gain any muscle. And we both of yeah. us always say it's really important, you know, that we keep up the whole fitness thing. Mm. Because uh, funnily enough, when people see us, I mean, we're not like huge, huge, um, but we look we look a little athletic. And people, they're always like, oh, wow, how you're vegan? I cannot believe it. How can you be vegan? Uh, yeah. I mean, where do you get the protein from? So it's what you just said, you know, living, being sort of the example that uh, you can be fit on a vegan diet as well. Yeah. And I get, I get the same thing too. I do. Sometimes I do, um, outreach on the streets, just like some, uh, activism. And when I'm talking to people and they, they're like, Oh, you're vegan. And I'm, you know, they're just like, you, you look good. Like you look like you got some muscle and you're like, yeah, cause you can build, build muscle in a vegan diet. So, <laughs> well, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, um, V Coco, which is, which is your baby. It's your, it's your business. It's your, um, it's your way of helping to inspire the world. It's part of your mission statement. First of all, what is it? And, and what does the name represent? I'm very curious about that. Yeah. The Coco. Um, yeah, let's start actually with the name or maybe a little bit, uh, with the backstory because it's a little funny. Uh, so when we started to become vegan, we wanted to do something about it because we suddenly felt like, why this, this is just the right lifestyle. How come that not more people are living vegan and we started making videos on youtube back then about you know vegan fitness cooking so basically recipes that are high in protein and still taste good and over the whole course of doing that we came we came up with the idea of why not creating a vegan cooking course to help people you know learn about a specific topic uh, fully vegan and we wanted to do that in a um actually we wanted to do it about thai Thai food because we both had a, have a story with Thailand. Lucas even a little more. He lived there for a year, and we were like, okay, oh, wow. let's go to Thailand. Let's veganize Thai food and make a big uh, course out of it, and then bring it to the world. That was sort of the idea. And then when we we quit our jobs, pretty much we saved up, uh, we booked the flights, and then on a couple of days before before flying out we actually changed the whole idea to what WeCoco is now. Um, and back then, we still didn't have the name. We said we were sitting at the airport <laughs> waiting for the plane to fly to Bangkok, and we were just like brainstorming on different uh, different names. It was like, oh, how about WeCookie? Does WeCookie sound good? Like, no, not really. <laughs> and somewhere like after uh, a lot of different things, we came up with WeCoco, uh, and it stands for Vegan Cooking Courses. But it's just that the sound, we like the sound uh, of it. It's catchy, it's short, um, yeah. but it also stands for something in it, in that sense, yeah. I like that. Okay, I, I never would have guessed that, but now that totally makes sense. Yeah. Very cool. So you guys were, you know, you, you started your, your vegan journeys. How long did it take before you decided, okay, we got to do something uh, more than just being vegan? And then you started VCoco. Um, I think Vicoco was about a year, like the idea of uh, creating the, the cooking school was about a year into our vegan journey. Um, but then until the, I mean, there's been so many changes over the last 12 months in the idea and the approach. Uh, initially, we wanted to go very slow. When, when we went to Asia, we wanted to just do Thailand and maybe do one or two more courses. 
but then we were there for five months and we tried to maximize the entire stay while we were there. So we ended up filming seven courses in those five months, um, all over like in mm. Thailand, Japan, Korea, Indonesia. And since we came back to Germany, we've also been recording here in, uh, in Europe and are continuing here. So, um, yeah. Maybe maybe going a little a little back because uh, I think we still haven't talked about what, what Vicoco actually is. Good point. And, yeah, talk um, about that. What actually is it? Yeah, so it actually starts with a, with a problem that a lot of people have. And that's once you go vegan or once you decide to cook more vegan food, you're basically facing a challenge because uh, most of the recipes that you used to or that you uh, grew up to believe that they eat meat, they all kind of fall away. And now you're there and you want to have this new diet, but you don't know how to cook things that are um, delicious. You don't know how to replace meats, for instance, um, or to cook meals entirely without meat and not have boring meals. That's sort of the, the main problem that stands there. And we want to become that one to, uh, that, that go-to platform where you go and you can learn everything that you need to know about vegan cooking. And we want to do that by bringing online cooking courses with chefs from all around the world uh, who share their experience and their knowledge, their favorite recipes about whatever their specialty is. So it can be vegan Thai food, vegan Japanese, mm. uh, vegan Italian. That's one that's coming soon. Um, in the US, it would probably be something like vegan soul food, vegan burgers. Yeah, um, there you go. We're having a vegan German course coming up soon as well. Um, so basically, you know, covering all of the world of food and showing people how to do that in a vegan way. That's Vicoco. Yeah. I really like that about you guys, the, the fact that it's not just you cooking meals and saying, okay, here's how to cook this. Like you're actually traveling around the world and and letting the professionals who've been doing this for, I'm sure, multiple years to teach people how to cook vegan food. So, you know, one of my next questions was going to be, what separates you from the thousands of free recipes and videos that are already out there online? I'm sure that's one angle of that, but maybe go into a little bit more depth. You know, why, why should someone check out you guys rather than just go on YouTube and look up, you know, how to make a vegan recipe? I think the, the best example would be, I guess, also the approach of learning an instrument. Like if you want to learn uh, how to play the piano, there's tons of videos on YouTube and you could also go through all of the blogs. But if you want to really do it in a, in a, in a efficient way, and uh, I mean, most of us, we have jobs. Um, we don't have the time to go through thousands of blogs, recipes. Um, the most efficient way is to learn from a professional right away. And the same is in fitness, if you want to get fit. Uh, and you don't want to spend uh, years going through books and blogs. The best way is to learn from, a, like, to hire a professional um, personal trainer. And um, like you said in the beginning, some of our chefs have been cooking for 30 years. So what separates us for sure is that people don't just get the how, so like uh, the, the, the recipes, but they also get the why. Because in mm. many ways, the, the chefs share why you put the salt at this point, why you don't put the salt in this recipe. And this, it's just it helps the people to learn the why behind cooking and then they can also become creative in their own way. And I think that's also when you when you talk about recipes that you find on the internet, about blogs, uh, YouTube videos, it's not even uh, it's not one thing or the other, it's actually very complementary because mm. what we want to give people the ability is to um, understand whatever food they're cooking, to start with certain recipes and be able to adjust them based on what they learned and you know, when they, after that, they find recipes on the internet, 
um, they have the knowledge and the tools to adjust them as they like. You know, they, they know, okay, I can also use, for instance, different sort of nuts here. Mm. I can adjust it with different sweeteners or whatever it is that they are trying to cook. So, you know, as Lucas said, gaining this basic knowledge about mm. different ways of cooking and then later applying that to your own life and being creative, playing around with the recipes and creating this rich arsenal of uh, delicious, delicious dishes, I'd say. Yeah, because there, there's so many things in the blog that you usually don't uh, learn. It's usually just going through the steps. Um, but then if you want to really refine also the way you plate the dishes, um, there's so many things that, that are really difficult to learn from a blog because blogs are great and they're really helping a lot of people. But you also never really know who's writing the blog. And uh, sometimes the focus is more on making the food look nice for the pictures than on the extra recipes. So mm -hmm. it's, I'm not done talking blogs. Blogs are amazing and we also... Uh, Uh, read a lot of blogs um, but it's always nice to learn from someone who's really been doing it for many many years and then yeah. they share all of their secrets and you see it live also in a video like some things like rolling sushi or also rolling a cinnamon roll it's very difficult to explain only written or with pictures uh, some things it's yeah. really nice when you have it on video and it's actually yeah. funny because every time we film a course uh, we know a lot about cooking already because we just you know sort of Fitness is one of our hobbies, and if I'd say cooking is another. So we know a lot already about cooking. But with every course that we film so far, there's always these aha moments mm. where we're like, ah, yeah. that's why they do it. <laughs> Or, oh, now I get it. You know, mm. things that you've never really uh, understood before. And then when the chef explains it, it suddenly makes sense. Right. So you guys are really giving an in-depth, uh, almost like a mini culinary school. So this is for somebody who really wants to learn how to cook and, and uh, form that baseline of knowing how to make vegan food so they can go off on their own and, you know, like you said, adjust as they need to, rather than just having someone make a recipe and then still not know what they're doing for the next time. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool, guys. Yeah, you talk about those aha moments. One of the questions I was going to ask is, what is the secret to making good sushi that doesn't fall apart? I tried to I tried to make sushi before and there's like it never comes out well. Is there like one thing that you learn that's just like, okay, like if you miss this step, your sushi is just done? So for sushi, uh, I'd say what we learned is also it starts with the right way of preparing the rice. Um, that's one thing that we actually didn't know, but uh, sushi means something like vinegared rice. So you need to sort of, uh, you, you need to prepare the, ri the rice the right way. And then it gets this vinaigrette uh, with rice vinegar. So afterwards it's more shiny and sticky. And after having the rice um, cooked that certain way, you don't need to roll it uh, in the right way. And it's like a, there's a certain, certain way that you press the rice um, You know, you need the right amount of pressure, I'd say, when you roll the sushi. So it's probably a couple of, uh, a little bit of practice doing it a couple of times and then you're, sure. uh, you're good to go. And you guys have that as, as one of your courses. It's, uh, is it just sushi or is it uh, Japanese cooking in general? It's sushi and ramen. So there's a lot of ramen recipes and there's a ah. couple of different sushi recipes, like a cake sushi as well. Um, so it's a mix. A cake sushi? <laughs> yeah, yeah sushi cake. So, so apparently that's like in Japan for, I think for birthdays, that's something yeah. like common. It's uh, basically like a cake, uh, a sushi in, in the form of a cake. Wow. It looks, pretty, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, and then it's decorated nicely with uh, vegetables on top. It's really beautiful. That sounds amazing. I need to go to Japan right now and get that. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So what's, what's a favorite country that you guys have traveled to? I know you've 
been hopping your way around? Tough one. I mean, for me, I have a special relationship with Thailand, so I think it's, uh, it's I'm a little bit biased, I would say. It's, uh, but let's say apart from Thailand, because I've been there before, um, I think my favorite has been uh, definitely Vietnam, and I also really like Korea. So South Korea was also really nice. But Vietnam was amazing. I love the speed of the, like when you come from Bangkok, and then you go to a city like Hanoi in North Vietnam, there's such a different pace, and everybody's sitting outside drinking tea all the time. And it was really nice to just sit on the street, drink fresh green tea, and um, very different speed. Food was amazing. So I really, really liked uh, Northern Vietnam. Yeah, I'd say the same. Vietnam was a really fantastic experience. Uh, but so were all the other countries, mm. to be honest. Uh, Japan also is very unique. And we we would have loved to stay there longer, but we just did a couple of days for the filming. Yeah, it's tough to, to choose a favorite. But even in, in Europe, that's funny. So we've never really been to Switzerland before. And just last month, we went there to film a vegan chocolate making course, a Swiss chocolate making course. Oh, nice. And we learned, first of all, so much about Swiss mentality and the nature, of course. And regarding mentality, I, I wasn't aware of that, but somehow Swiss people are incredibly nice. Mm. They were yeah. super <laughs> friendly and the most welcoming. And uh, yeah, it was a great experience being there. And then just the drive through Switzerland, it's one of the... I think most beautiful um, roads I've ever been on because you have the mountains at the sides and then the green, you know, the green pastures of the hills. And I don't know, it just looks uh, really beautiful. Yeah, we had to stop for a drone flight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I've seen so many videos and, and pitch, uh, pictures from Switzerland. I'm definitely definitely on the list for future visits it's, it does look beautiful just like exactly like how you described it just the the tall mountains and like the the valleys and the pastures um would be definitely i feel like a good place to go in the springtime for sure yeah for sure when when you guys are traveling like let's say asia do you feel like there's a a big language barrier like i'm assuming that you guys speak english when you go over there right uh yeah english and then like in thai we know a couple of words but usually with with English, it's pretty, most of the time, it's pretty normal. But yeah, it can yeah. really, um, there are some countries in Asia that speak very well, some that don't speak English that well. And even within the countries, there's so many uh, differences, depending whether you talk to someone in the street, mm. a taxi driver, or someone in the mall, uh, the levels of English are very different. So it's you never really know what you're getting yourself into when you walk up yeah. to somebody and ask them a question, but it's always funny and then somehow in the end, uh, you always get your way. Uh, That's good. Yeah, Asia's yeah awesome. I feel like we're very, I feel like the native English speakers are very spoiled. We get to travel all over the world and have our language catered to us. You know, n nobody here, uh, at least in the States, really has to learn multiple languages. And every time I travel and I talk to people from, from Europe or somebody or somewhere else, they normally, at minimum, at least speak two languages, but it's nor normally it's around three. So, <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, def definitely jealous. I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't say I'm fluent in Spanish, but I'm definitely, uh, I've definitely learned a lot of Spanish at least cause I, cause I felt bad. I was just like, all right, I feel like it's my duty. I have to be at least somewhat bilingual. So I'm getting there slowly, but surely. <laughs> nice. How long have you been learning now? Oh man, I'd say for like the last couple years, I kind of stopped for the last year, but I had like a private tutor for a few mm -hmm. months and then I was on the app, uh, Duolingo which is a popular, popular one. I don't know if um, that's popular over in Europe or not. Yeah, it's pretty big. I but um, yeah. I, 
Yeah, I learned a lot of words and like I can read almost fluently. So if I happen to be in a situation where I'm stuck in the city or something, I could probably navigate my way just by reading. But it's the conversation that it's just like, you know, Spanish speakers, especially um, especially like Mexican Spanish, which is what mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Americans learn. It's so fast and it's really hard to keep up with. So unless you kind of immerse yourself in the culture, um, or live there for a few years, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult to, to become fluent, especially at this age in my life. Yeah, you know, maybe if I was younger, it would have been easier. Yeah, that's true. You always, the best way is always to live somewhere for a certain amount of time, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. So, uh, what countries and cuisines are going to be coming to future courses for you guys? For now, like, uh, this month, Now, in November, we're actually filming two courses in Germany. Uh, one is uh, going to be a weight loss course, and then one is going to be a vegan, like a classic German cuisine. And uh, you know the German is not super famous for uh, vegan, but for a lot of meat. So it's going to be a lot of meat replacement options, um, how to make your own, uh, like like vegan sausages, uh, how to use mushrooms to create these meaty textures. And then going from there, the goal is pretty much to, like, Over the next couple of years, we want to cover pretty much most of the major world cuisines. So for now, continue in Europe. Uh, the goal is also to have France, uh, um, then French cheese, uh, maybe Morocco, Turkey, uh, Middle East. And then eventually also, of course, Northern America and Southern America. Yeah. So you guys are trying to just tackle the whole world more or less. Yeah, but it's going to take a couple of years. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely not something that'll happen overnight. Yeah, we noticed that there's one the the best vegan food that you can get is usually like the best chefs are usually not having a restaurant, uh, but they are these like they are giving classes. So we noticed that the uh, the food that we have in all of those cooking classes has been pretty much the best vegan food um, in the world. So that's also one thing that we want to share with the with the world um, because sometimes people people get a bad uh, impression from uh, vegan food because they maybe go to like a vegan fast food joint or something like this um, but if they if they t- uh, teach themselves how to learn uh, vegan cooking and they make these recipes um, like the chefs are absolutely incredible uh, i hope that also has a big impact on the way people approach veganism yeah yeah i think that's super important um You know, you talk to a lot of people who say, oh, I tried cooking tofu and it was disgusting. I said, well, did you cook it the right way? You know, like here's somebody coming in here <laughs> with no experience trying to cook vegan food. And then you say it's disgusting. The microwave. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I hope not. I hope for anybody who's listening, if you've ever microwaved tofu, I just I'm going to need you to just leave this episode right now. Um, but, but seriously, yeah, it's like I, I talk to people and if you actually have vegan food that is prepared, you know, by a chef who knows what they're doing because I tell people this too. Like you could take like a, a chicken breast by itself really doesn't have flavor. It's how you season it. It's, it's how you maybe bread it for the texture. It's how you, it, it really is how you cook it. So, you know, vegetables and, and beans and like, and, and all these other um, vegan staples, it's, mm-hmm. it depends on how you season it. It depends on how you cook it. And the nice thing about vegan food is there's there's so many edible plants that it really opens up the door for the possibilities of how you can combine certain things to make certain textures and, and make certain flavors. And there's, there really is a much more expansive world of vegan food, in my opinion, because you're not sticking to these same, you know, chicken 
pig and, and, and cow as, as far as, you know, ingredients that you're using, you're using what there's over like 10,000 edible plants or something like that. So you get to make these amazing combinations of food. And if you have somebody who actually knows what they're doing, you're going to taste flavors and have textures that you've never experienced before. Yeah. I think that's also something that we actually learned because, uh, since going vegan, we suddenly discovered so many new ingredients, um, ways how you can prepare them in a recipe and you know flavor combinations than before right because you you suddenly you have a set of boundaries i'd say right because you don't need animal products but within the right. boundaries suddenly you have so much more uh, freedom because you discover so much that you didn't know before yeah. and um, that's a great that's just a great possibility to upgrade i'd say your eating experience as well mm -hmm. yep definitely What do you guys think is the most uh, important thing to consider when learning to cook vegan? Like what is maybe step one or just the, the biggest thing you should know? Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a good question. I think it, it depends a little bit on um, where people are coming from. Um, for us, for both of us, it always has been that we enjoyed cooking. And I know a lot of people also who simply do not enjoy cooking. And I think that's already one thing. If you do not enjoy cooking uh, in the first place, um, it might be difficult to get started uh, right away. And I guess something that uh, is, is probably a mindset or a way of looking at, at cooking, right? Because a lot of people see it as stressful and it takes time and now I have to do something, but uh, I already had eight hours at work. But for us, it always had rather been a break from the day you know when you cook you have one hour just for yourself and you have to cut the ingredients and the vegetables and all of the stress of the day can't touch you right now because now it's cooking time right so it's a little yeah. uh, escape if you like you can listen to a podcast or, or do something but it's your time and just by having that that perspective on cooking i think it can be very uh, rewarding when you know it's six o'clock in the evening again now it's time to cook mm. and then if you've never really cooked before i guess As with anything, it's probably don't try and go right away into super difficult things, but right. um, try simple recipes, try to master them, try to cater them to your preference because everybody has different uh, preferences. Some people like it sweeter, some people like it salty, some don't like the taste of salt, for instance. And that's also one of the things, you can't always go 100% by recipe because you might have to adjust it a little bit based on your personal preferences. So I'd say then also, you know, start with simple recipes, start to see what do you actually like, what don't you like, and then adjust the recipes a little bit in that way. So you really start to enjoy the cooking process and, of course, also what you, what you create. Yeah. So pretty much take the time to just, you know, be present and, and learn how to do it the right way um, instead of trying to just kind of throw stuff together and, and do it quickly and not really know what you're doing, actually take the time to, to sit down and, and learn some things, even if you don't like it at first. Yeah. And I think there's also cooking at different situations, right? Maybe in the, in the, in the week, you don't want to spend much time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, learn some quick recipes or prepare on Sunday, prepare some food that you can eat again on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. That's one way. And then there's another way where maybe you have friends over or you have a family dinner um, and it's it's a different sort of evening because you want to spend quality time with your friends and there maybe you you go you try something a little bit more fancy 
um, because it's also a great pleasure when you cook something and you serve it to the people in your life and you see that they love it. So, um, you know, seeing the way that you can bring joy by cooking something is also a great way of, uh, yeah, starting to enjoy it more. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think that's important um, it is to just kind of get get those basics down and, and just take some time to learn because... Man, when I first went vegan, the things that I was making, I would look back at now and just be like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, I was just boiling pasta and like putting <clears throat> just like blocks of tofu on it and just like making these weird sauces. I'm like, all right, well, I guess this is a meal, you know? So <laughs> where I started from to now and like now I'm in the kitchen, and I cook for people and they're like, man, like, you know, you you make really good like vegan food. Like how? I'm just like, because I've been learning for seven years. I never used to cook for myself. Going mm -hmm. vegan actually made me become a cook because I had to learn like I was cooking for myself and it was just like okay well I'm not just going to eat peanut butter jelly and like pasta with red sauce for the rest of my life so it's just <laughs> like I, I better learn how to make some things now so you know now I'm making like butternut squash mac and cheese and enchiladas and I make like you know pesto out of like sunflower seeds and just all kinds of crazy stuff but that came from years of just being in the kitchen and just learning some basics and then applying that like you guys said earlier to different ingredients and swapping out and and i'll be honest i don't like following recipes i like to just you know kind of follow by taste but i have written down a few of my own recipes finally mm -hmm. um but it's, it's certainly been a journey so you know you just you got to start somewhere and it's just it's a learning process and I get it. it. It can be hard, but when you're making a lifestyle change, it, there's going to be a learning curve no matter what you're doing. So I think people need to look at it from that perspective, be patient and give themselves a little bit of time and love to uh, get in the kitchen and just e experiment around. And, you know, having something like a course that you guys have with V Coco is, is an amazing place to start if you guys really want to get into it. So there, the, the options and the opportunities are definitely out there. Um, it's, it's not like it used to be where you're kind of just on your own. There's so much information now. Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you're really at the beginning of your, like if you're totally new to vegan cooking, um, we actually have a free course for people who are completely new to vegan cooking. And then if they want to learn more about the different cuisines, for example, then they can also join like the membership. But we made this one course, my brother and I, we were the chefs in this case, actually, um, which is completely free. And that's uh, really if, where we teach people like some of the foundations that we uh, wish we had learned in the beginning. Um, and yeah, like like you said, don't be discouraged. Uh, just take your time. In the gym, you also wouldn't walk up to a 300-pound squat in your first uh, first uh, <laughs> session. <laughs> uh, I so hope really, not. Uh, <laughs> I've really seen it done it before. <laughs> I know. It's like a quarter squad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that course is on your website? Uh, exactly. It's uh, at uh, all courses. When people check out the all courses, there's one free four-week vegan cooking course. Um, and it's basically uh, structured in four different weeks uh, where we go over different topics like uh, milk replacements, how to make your own nut milk, um, what staples you need in the kitchen, some recipes. And uh, yeah, it's great great feedback so far from everyone mm -hmm. perfect what is your go-to dish for when you guys are cooking for people who aren't vegan let's say it's it's you guys are having some friends over and it's, it's you two doing the cooking what dish are you going to be making to maybe try to impress them uh, to be honest i'd say that always depends a little bit and it changes over time because uh, every like every couple of months we have sort of our favorite recipes and then they switch again and uh, also depending on who's with us, we, uh, we adjust a little bit on the way we cook. 
Um, for instance, like in Germany right now is pumpkin season. And um, the other week when I was in Berlin with my girlfriend, we made for a, for a friend who was coming over this amazing uh, pumpkin in the oven, roasted pumpkin recipe with potatoes and tahini sauce. And it was just, it's one of the recipes you actually know everybody's going to love it because it's colorful, it looks beautiful, it's full of flavors, it's tasty. Um, but then again, gotta admit, this one didn't have so much protein. So if, for instance, we were with a friend who's really into fitness, we'd probably do something that has more protein, maybe something with lentils. Right. Or, uh, yeah, different kinds of recipes. So it, it always switches a little bit. Kind of tailor it towards what you think they would like. Um you know, if they were switching to the lifestyle, some some meals they might make themselves. Yeah, but I think one of the staples for sure is the Thai sort of like uh, the cashew. I don't know if you've tried the the, the steer fry, the cashew um, sla like a chicken. It's not chicken, but in this case, the tofu steer fry. Um, okay. That one is definitely one of the. It's so it's so good and incredibly easy. And then another new favorite is the we made this. In Italy, uh, one of the recipes from the Italian course is a chestnut cake. And that was probably my favorite recipe in Italy. And it's so easy. The preparation time is five minutes and then 20 oh, minutes wow. in the oven. Um, and the flavor is just incredible. It's, it's really, really good. That sounds really interesting. So you guys are more or less so um, sticking to kind of like like whole plant-based, um, you know, with, with vegetables and nuts and seeds and legumes rather than, you know, going to the store and, and buying let's say like the vegan schnitzel or something um, that they have available now. That was going to be my next question. You know, what are your thoughts on vegan meats and alternatives? I mean, they, they are, I would say they're very important. They um, probably, they probably make one of the biggest impacts on the, the entire uh, veganism and the vegan movement uh, in the world right now. And uh, I think they are great. And I also think they're not bad when you include them and you don't eat them too regularly. Um, like we also, like this weekend we had, a full English breakfast that we made at home. So we had uh, the, I think from Satan and tofu, the sausages. Then we had tofu scramble with smoked tofu. And uh, it's great. It's it's nice to switch things up sometimes. It's not something that we do super regularly, um, but um, it's definitely one of the, like an important thing for people to include, especially if they're at the beginning of the journey. And to be honest, it's really one of the easiest way for people to, mm. you know, you, you don't want to commit to going vegan 100%. And then maybe mm. one once a week you switch your schnitzel for a plant-based version. Uh, it's good for the planet in that sense. It's good for the animals. It's good for everybody. And you you know if, if it can serve that purpose that people um, go away from animal products and they uh, play around with plant-based options, whether it's even though it's processed food in the beginning a little bit, but at some point they will. You know, it's not just you. You don't just eat the the schnitzel by its own, but maybe you make. Uh, you boil potatoes, you boil vegetables with it. At some point, you start thinking about, hmm, how can I make a sauce that tastes uh, good? And, uh, you know, it's a starting point, I'd say. Yeah, definitely definitely good transition products, in my opinion. Like you said, start off with them, and then eventually, you know, as you learn in the vegan kitchen, you start making your own stuff and, um, you know, put them in there every now and again. I, I completely uh, agree with you guys. What are maybe... Um, some staple ingredients then that you guys use that you always have maybe in your dishes, something that you always have in your, in your kitchen for vegan cooking. What I would say like, like staple, staple processes, I think is something that we learned in Thailand. Um, it's sort of like this flavor balance of having, like when you make a sauce, um, 
having the balance between uh, salty, sweet, spicy, and sour. So what we always try to include in pretty much most of the dishes to have something spicy, uh, just because we like spicy food. And then also a tiny bit of sugar, even if it's something savory. Salt, of course. Uh, so either soy sauce or regular salt. And then a little bit of uh, like an acidic flavor, like a sour flavor. So some lemon, lime juice, um, and vinegar. So that's in most recipes, I think. But in terms of staples, uh, I think, Samuel, you can... Yeah, I think also just... Um When we do sauces, we and, and a lot of different cuisines, they work with olive oil. For instance, of course, Italian cuisine, you cannot really talk about Italian cuisine without olive oil. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely an important one. And you can make great uh, dressings and sauces, uh, starting with it. For instance, something, as Lucas said, when you think about the different tastes, uh, easy dressing you can always make is if you take a little bit of olive oil, lime juice, uh, tahini sauce... A little bit of salt, a little bit of sugar, and mix it up, and you already have a super tasty dressing that you can then use for, uh, for whatever salad you have. And the salad itself, you know, it can be lentils, beans, whatever, and different kind of vegetables. And you can always include new things and uh, play around with it. So I'd say there's not like the one vegetable or something that we always use, but as you said, some staples uh, that we always have in the kitchen. Also important, probably certain seeds. Pumpkin seeds, hemp seeds, um, nuts. You can do a lot with uh, different kinds of nuts. And uh, then just, as you said earlier, we, we also don't really stick to recipes most of the time when we cook for ourselves. But we just uh, play around and are a little bit creative. And there's actually a lot of fun then to do it that way. What about uh, nutritional yeast? That's something I find that I use a lot in cooking for, for good flavor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we always forget to buy it and then when we're sitting at the e in the evening and we're like ah <laughs> we should have bought it yeah we should have bought it and uh yeah if we have it like if we don't forget to buy it we also use it a lot it's uh it's amazing it adds such a nice uh, uh depth of flavor also to every dish yeah it really does yeah i i use it in a, a butternut squash mac and cheese recipe mm. super simple but it just yeah. gives that cheesy flavor like that cheesy um decadent rich flavor and like when i When I give it to people, they're like, there's no cheese in this? I'm like, nope, not at all. It's literally just like squash, <laughs> onions, and nutritional yeast. Like it's like three things and it just, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> But yeah, it's def definitely something. Sometimes I forget to buy it too. And then like, I go to make something. I'm just like, no, I forgot to buy <laughs> nutritional yeast. But definitely, uh, I think for anyone who's listening, who's maybe not vegan, they're probably just like, what the hell is nutritional yeast? <laughs> It's, it's an amazing ingredient. You should check it out and, and look on look up online some recipes to use it in because it might change your life. But yeah, um, yeah, man, it's awesome. Where do you guys see the world in 20 years with vegan food? Uh, I think it's growing that much. Uh, I hope we see a world where it's basically like completely vegan or clo as close to 80, 90% as possible. And I think in the Western world for sure, We're gonna get uh, pretty close to that. I mean, you can see with the dairy industry already, and uh, that people choose to eat the plant-based meat options over the regular meat. Um, and I also think in the developed countries, uh, developing countries like like Thailand, for example, it's growing so rapidly. There's new vegan restaurants popping up all the time. Um, the supermarkets uh, supermarket starts to store uh, vegan uh, um, vegan things. So I think we're gonna get to a world that's moving very very close to. Uh, like a 90-80% uh, veganism. Yeah, I also think that we both probably are very optimistic about the vegan future. Um, we both want to be part of that and shape it. 
And uh, maybe sometimes we're a little bit in a bubble. It can also be because we read a lot about vegan uh, trends. We talk a lot about it with friends who also are vegan. So, you know, sometimes uh, you talk to people who are not vegan and then you realize, oh, yeah, not everybody's vegan yet. I forgot (laughs) in that way. But I think that also the media at the moment... um, There's a lot of good documentaries coming out. I think Game Changers, for instance, is a big one when it comes also for men to rethink mm, uh, the yes. vegan diet. And then there's the... What I like about the movie is actually also that they not only talk about the athletic part, but they do talk also about the environmental aspects and um, the animal aspects, right? So, you know, you have to... I, I guess people are people all over the world are very different, live in different situations, and you have to address those different situations. And um, but yeah, I guess in 20 years, very uh, likely it's be a pretty vegan world. Maybe not a hundred percent yet. Not sure if that's going to happen uh, while we still uh, experience it, but uh, it's going to be very vegan. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I think we'll at least be at 60 or 70 percent. I think it'll I think it'll be mainstream enough that I I think most of the world. We'll be eating plant-based. Let's cross our fingers. We're, we're well on our way. And we got people like you guys who are putting out awesome courses like you are. And, you know, myself with this podcast and, you know, people who are speaking up. Uh, it really makes a difference. And you got mainstream, you know, plant-based alternatives like Beyond Meat um, and, and, and companies like that who are, who are really infiltrating the system. Um, and like you said, dairy sales are declining. So I definitely think that it's well on its way. Let's hope that it keeps at the pace and grows faster um, than it is now, mm-hmm. and and I think you'll be right in 20 years. All right, so I kind of want to I kind of want to end here on a, a more fun question, and this is probably going to be hard for both of you, considering that I've asked you what some of your favorites were throughout this show. But for each of you, if you could only pick one dish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the rest of your lives to eat, what would it be? Oh, uh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> the breakfast part is tough because if you would say like pick one dish, I would always pick uh papaya salad the Thai papaya salad but that like if you would have asked me that questions uh, five years ago i would give you the same answer yeah <laughs> it's my favorite dish in the world but i don't see myself eating it for breakfast for the rest of my life so to be honest i don't know i think uh that's probably my favorite dish in the world like ever but i don't know if i would eat it for breakfast <laughs> i actually think for breakfast uh, a well-prepared smoothie bowl mm. uh, would probably be perfect You know, well, nicely balanced with a lot of different fruits and seeds and all sorts of stuff. Crunchy, cold, uh, just the perfect balance of everything. That will maybe be the go-to breakfast option. Okay, Um, what about lunch? Lunch. Ah, It's better to split it up this way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Huh. About lunch? Mm, I think that's very difficult to say. But for me also, I I love uh, Thai food. Uh, it's one of the most interesting cuisines I think in the world because just the combination of flavors and the possibilities are endless. So I, I don't really know which Thai dish it would be, but I'm sure it would be a Thai dish. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a curry are you, are you or, a, or something like that, yeah. Okay, so you're both agreeing on that. Okay, what about dinner? So it might be a little bit easier. Dinner. Well... I guess still hard. Had, <laughs> I guess then if we had Thai for lunch and then we had 
Um, smoothball for breakfast, maybe something Italian for dinner. Yeah, Italian. There you go. I don't yeah. know. I mean, pasta is also something that you can eat uh, in so many variations for your for the rest of your life. So yeah. maybe some some pasta, also lentil pasta. We we like lentil pasta is amazing. Um, yeah, agreed. It's really high in protein too, like really high. Yeah, and it's so easy. Like nowadays in Germany, every single supermarket and every single drugstore you can get uh, you can get uh, lentil pasta. Yeah, very true. Guys, where can people find you? Uh, we've talked about VCoco. Where where are they going to go if they want to check out what you guys are doing or maybe follow you on social media or all that good stuff? Yeah, um, people can find us at uh, vcoco.com. Uh, that's vcoco with a double E, um, vcoco.com. And over there, you can find all of our courses. As Lucas said earlier, we do have a four-week free course for everybody who is really new to the vegan diet, um, which really dives into the... Yeah, essentials about uh, learning how to cook vegan. And then we do have uh, a membership, a monthly membership, where you can get access to all of the other courses. And we also have a trial for that. So if, you want, if you're curious and you want to see what it's like to learn uh, vegan cooking from chefs in these online courses, you can always jump there and uh, go into the membership and see for yourself. And on social media, it's just... The regular at uh, on Instagram we're at vicoco underscore academy, and the same on Facebook vicoco underscore academy, so people can find us there as well. Perfect, and that's vicoco v e e c o c o. If you guys are are looking to search them up, so just in case just in case you weren't sure about that spelling, because the name is the name is great, but. At first, they're just like, oh, how, do, how do I say that? How do I spell that? So VCOCO, so it's www.veecoco.com. Guys, any last words for the listeners? Yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for having us on, on your show. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, Lucas, Samuel, I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, I'm excited to to watch your journey expand as you travel all over the world and deliver these amazing vegan courses uh, for people to learn how to be an awesome vegan chef on their own and learn from the best. I appreciate you guys coming on the show. I appreciate your insight and uh, we will talk soon. Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Guys, you did it. Welcome to the other side. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for still being here. If you enjoyed the content of this show, don't forget to please leave me a rating and review on iTunes and share this show with a family member or a friend. Somebody you think would also find value in this content. If you guys want to stay up to date with me and what I'm doing, head to my website, www.theveganmanlyman.com and sign up for my newsletter for a chance to win some awesome prizes, giveaways, and just stay in the know. My name is Jake Singer, and this is the Vegan Manly Man podcast.